0: thank you for a huge year on the words and nerds podcast in 2021 the podcast had more than 250 conversations with authors publishers agents booksellers podcasters and other amazing bookish people in approximately 200 episodes there are three spin-offs ben hobson's burgers beers and books josie layton's a different page and nathan j phillips's the regular takeover We had 22 takeover guests and growing, a summer series takeover, a NaNoWriMo series, crossovers, and the incredibly popular Publishing Insider series. The podcast appeared at literary festivals. We hosted live streams at bookshops for book launches, including the much-loved Four Continents for Critics. This holiday series is all about you, the listeners. Enjoy the most listened-to episodes of 2021 to get you through the holiday period. Stay safe and read more books. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. Today I'm interviewing authors for the Writers Unleashed Sutherland Shire Writers Festival and it's such a privilege to be podcasting for this wonderful festival and a shout out to all the organisers, particularly the one I've been working with, Danuka McKenzie, who's been able to make this happen. I am super excited to welcome a return guest, Sue Whiting. Sue has worked in publishing for two decades. She's a children's book editor, mentor, and writing coach, and the author of numerous books for children and young adults, including the best selling Missing, the award winning A Swim in the Sea, and a number of CBCA notable books. Sue's latest novel for readers, 10 Plus, The Book of Chance, was recently shortlisted for the 2021 CBCA Book of the Year Awards. Well- Welcome, Sue. Does anything you not write not get an award or a notable?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Hi, Danny. (laughs) I can assure (laughs) you. In fact, the Book of Chance shortlisting with a CBCA is my first shortlisting with a CBCA. So I've had lots of notables. (laughs) So it was 21 years in the making.
0: Wow, That's pretty sweet.
1: I have to say, it's very
0: yeah. sweet. It just sounds so impressive. Your violin. <laughs> I love your books. And the Book of Chance. I loved that book so much. Oh, We're talk Jenny. about that on um, on the Words Nerd's podcast. You so, did, did. welcome. I'm having a simulated uh, Writers' Festival experience today because I'm doing eleven back to back interviews, and it sounds exhausting, but it's been absolutely joyful. So I'm so glad to have you as part of those eleven. I want to know though. Sue, what do you love about a Writers' Festival? <laughs>
1: Oh, back in the dim, dim, dark festivals (laughs) past when we used to have them. Pre-plague. It's sort of like a nostalgic feeling Mm -hmm. when I think about festivals now, about all the festivals that um, haven't gone ahead. And I don't want to put a downer on it, but but it is our reality. But I do um, love festivals. I love – and the thing I was really looking forward to, you know, actually – getting to the, the Southern Shire Festival this year was it's catching up with all the other authors number one um, and and seeing how they're doing and just having a chat um, with people you hadn't seen for a long time but it's the same with festivals or even with school visits the the best part is connecting with your readers and you know and sharing my own enthusiasm for books and writing and story and storytelling and then feeding off um, you know the people who are listening's enthusiasm. It's it's such a buzz and it's really motivating as an author as well because after you you know Finish the festival you're obviously exhausted but it gives you that that energy that adrenaline and that drive to keep going with what you're doing and I find it really motivating as far for my own writing afterwards once the festivals are all over. Mm-hmm. So I do miss the actual proper um face to face festivals but the online ones are you know we're so lucky with technology that we can do this if we didn't have this you know would be very Isolated even more so, and I'm not quite sure how we'd all cope, really.
0: No, absolutely. And it's been my sort of savior in this second lockdown, which has been quite tough for me, um, anxiety wise, etc. But I think you know, making sure you still connect with people
1: however you can, even right. though
0: sometimes I feel like I live more in a Zoom screen than in real life.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it, it has been tough. It's yeah. been, I think it's getting, and because it's, it's such a long, um, road ahead and we yes. can't really see the end of it it is yes. tough for for everyone i think we're all yes. suffering from anxiety and yeah absolutely and i think everything. that's the the toughest part is yep. um there doesn't seem to be an end but it is our lot and so as always we just um do what we can and do the make the you know the most of whatever we absolutely. have and our families and yep. what outdoor space we we can yes. access. that's yeah. right
0: and losing yeah. yourself into uh, all these books. interviews i'm doing today our interviews and the interviews.
1: books. <laughs> and the yes. books. Always the books. And, uh, yes, it's good to have some projects.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, your session at the Writers' Festival, we're not going to delve deeply into that because that's yes. a separate session, but, uh, you know, there were seven things you need to know if yes. you want to write for
1: children. I just want to know one, Sue. Can you give me one thing? <laughs> one thing. Well, it was interesting because when um, Alison and Tate and I were working out what we would say, there was like 77 things. Oh, was, wow.
0: Well, uh, tell me one and, of the things you didn't say in the session.
1: Oh, I can't even think what they are now. But one of, <laughs> one of the things that we did say, which is kind of a bit of a no-brainer, but it is a really important point, is that to be a children's author, you have to write a children's book. And I know that sounds kind of obvious, but um, we talked a lot about what actually makes a children's book and how sometimes um, authors think that they've written a book for children but they haven't really because they haven't sort of nailed that child voice or they're not really thinking like a child Mm -hmm. and that their concerns and content is really from an adult point of view without realizing it we you know it's hard to sometimes lose our adult self and delve into that child self so that was one of the you know the points that come to mind because it seems kind of obvious yeah you have to write children's book but it's not, um, as simple as it seems and it's not as obvious as it seems. Mm. So that was one of the tips. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great tip.
0: Yeah, no, I love <laughs> let, Let's, let's do the 76. We'll do the countdown. No, just joking. <laughs> um, but it, it's really interesting because I definitely agree with that. But how do you know when you pick up your manuscript or someone else's manuscript, how do
1: you pinpoint whether it is written for children or not? Is that the, the impossible question? Well, it, it's I suppose a lot of it is your gut feeling and your experience, and you know by reading a lot of children's, you know, mm. successful children's books, and by hang, and hanging out with kids, um, helps gives you a lot of insight. And I think you can, you, you know, you have a radar when you can sort of tell that this that the voice is not an, authentically a, a child voice; it comes across as an adult voice, and even masquerading as a child. And I think children, you know, pick up on they have a even you know finer sense of a finer radar that'll you know acute radar that will pick that up really quickly and dump you because they don't they don't see themselves being reflected yeah so it is I think it's experience and gut feeling Mm -hmm. uh, but and it's really just delving into your inner child and looking at things um, from the perspective of a child not an adult pretending to be a child so you know that naivety um, you, know, you don't have the same kind of background knowledge you can't you know we talked about how you wouldn't necessarily you know have a shakespearean um quote <laughs> or you know references some of the things that people reference because they love to you know as authors we love to throw in those kind of references if it's not authentic to that character well it's no no good you know it doesn't work and and also seeing things from a child's um point of view as far as they're, they're short and they see the world differently. So, you know, they're looking up at things that they can't look over that fence. They can't see over that shoulder. So those types, of, they're the mm. little sort of tips that sort of help you to cue in whether that... Um, character really is authentically a child character. I love and that, that Sue. Yeah. I
0: still have that problem, I can't see over fences and things.
1: Such a why. Maybe that's why I write for children because I haven't really, you know, grown up as well as I was always the shortest in my class. Yeah, same, and same. And still, am, still am. when I go and teach, you know, go to schools, I'm really always the shortest. <laughs>
0: Once we get to grade six, that's it. Now they all power over me. All the same. I I, I know the feeling. But it's also interesting in seeing what kids enjoy reading. And I I like listening to children about what do you like to read because that is very telling about the voice and the things that they're enjoying and they find funny and all those sort of things.
1: Yes. And I think um, that's where, you know, the joy of going into schools and doing school visits, whether you do them virtually or whether you're actually face-to-face. But obviously face-to-face you get more opportunities to do this, is to really... always ask that question what are you reading what do you like to read you know why do you like to read it what's and you can over the years of doing this i've seen great trends and sometimes i get surprised at some of the things that some of the kids in in upper primary are reading um i'm quite shocked (laughs) at times you're reading that really um and yeah that's you, you do really need to do your homework and know all those things and to and to Tap into those interests and those loves, and, and like you said, the humour of kids. Like mm. I think you know, there's some obviously some wonderful um, Australian authors who really tap in to that um, child humour so beautifully well, mm. and and kids respond uh, to that so well as well yeah
0: absolutely and it is a joy and it's a joy to actually go back and I think you know I've got young kids reading to them because you do rediscover that joy of kid lit you know and I love that that.
1: laugh about all the things that they are scared about too you know sometimes we you know we think that they're a little bit braver than we give them credit to mm, at times. That's and, actually a really good point.
0: And yeah. I love whenever I hear my kids, my son particularly is an avid reader, he's nine, and I love when he, I hear him laughing out loud in his top yes. bunk and I'll say, what are you laughing at? Read me that page that you're yes. laughing at because I really want to see what's resonating with him at this point ah, of his
1: That's journey. a great thing to do, yeah. yeah I love to I never <laughs> yeah. want him to grow up. He's like the perfect age to be reading. All <laughs> <things>. They do. <laughs> They do, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> they do, and I'll, I'll let him, that's okay, <laughs> begrudgingly.
1: <laughs> now, Sue, why are you drawn to writing stories for young people? Ah, oh, that's a really good question. I, um, I started out my professional life as a primary school teacher. And I wasn't interested in writing as a as a child. I've come to writing sort of later on in life. And when I was a primary school teacher, I fell in love with children's books, mainly for the reasons that we're talking about. Actually, because I just love sharing books with my classes. I knew that as soon as, in, as, soon as I picked up a book, and I'd, I'd have the you know everyone's attention. And I love that 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 feel when you've got them on the edge of their seats and their eyes are wide and they're just hanging off every word that you're reading. And and that sort of um, you know, made me fall in love with with kids' books, and that then you know, eventually, um, I sort of felt that I this great desire that I wanted to write. Uh, my own books for kids mm-hmm. uh, and I think it comes from a place of it I think I've always wanted to write I just was sort of blocking it out for most of my life <laughs> through lack of confidence and all other things yeah. sort of a long story in itself but once I did um, recognize that I had this passion to write and then um, gave it a crack and and sort of developed the craft and did you know all the things you need to do to develop as a writer a bit later in life um I know it's that joy of being able to write something that the kids do connect with or resonate with not every child obviously but just whoever resonates with your your own story like there's no better feeling and as a person who was very committed to um, literacy development that was my big thing as a teacher and also making sure um, not just teaching kids how to read but to you know to put them on that path to find that right book to become a lifelong reader that was sort yeah. of my mission yeah. <laughs> as a teacher above all else and so when you um, have a book that you've written and and you, you do that for one child in your life you know hopefully you do it for more but even if you just do it for one child well, that's 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 the draw for me. That's yeah. just the most amazing feeling um, to think that something that you've written has connected with this child and it set them on that foot. They want to read more. That's mm. just perfect. It is. It is, and it's
0: so special when you put a book in the hands of a child and it, they love it and they laugh at oh, it yes. and they
1: resonate it with it. And you mm. know, my son, he'll read it again and again and again. Oh yes. Like, really I love it when I get again. emails from parents saying I've read whatever book it is like picture books 3,655 yes. times and I go sorry but not sorry you know like it's that's the best feedback you can ever get you absolutely
0: know, that, and people want wanting it
1: more and more yeah
0: picture mm-hmm. books are exactly like that you know with little kids you do yes. tend to read the picture books a thousand million times which Mm. you know is great for so many things you know their love of language and their learning of language and story and comfort and all those psychological things as well and that's why I think for a picture book it's so important to also be able to engage and entertain the adult reader as well as the child it has to
1: have those layers doesn't it Mm. because that poor adult um (laughs) does have to suffer through it um many many times And that is the you know, the hallmark of a really successful picture book. The ones that do have those repeat readings and the ones that the parents still enjoy after the six millionth
0: (laughs) read. (laughs) Yeah, I like the ones that you can talk about too. You know, there's something in there that they ask you a question about and you're like, Oh, let's talk about, you know, this idea in this book. So they're the really special ones, I think.
1: Yeah. Mm. And there's some beautiful books out there. Yes. You know, spoiled for choice Australia. we are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely are. I think
0: I think our, our kidlit industry is just incredible and we are so spoiled for choice and talent that it's such a great time to yes. be involved in that, you know, that
1: kid lit mm. industry or be a kid. Imagine being a kid now with all those I know. books. So many more books than when I was a kid. Like mm. When I was a kid, we were lucky if we had a couple of Golden Books. Yes. And yes. um and then as I got a bit older, Enid Blyton, that was sort mm. of you know my diet and um now you know when i think about i am now a nana i just have to say oh a, congratulations a granddaughter who's eight weeks old and, oh. and already i'm collecting books for her and there's just so many <laughs> so a, many i wanted to have that's a special time so it's a very it is special very time.
0: special yeah that mm-hmm. eight weeks i love eight
1: that weeks, yes and they're actually living with us at the moment oh. so you know we're very Even hands-on better. Which is lucky. I
0: remember those eight weeks—the floppy head and the beautiful smell and the snuggles. I also remember not sleeping. But you tend to romanticize these things. That's okay.
1: I don't (laughs) need to worry about that part. It's (laughs) the
0: grandmother. (laughs) That's right. You just get the snuggles and the smell. I just get them. That's
1: right. Mm, All the good bits.
0: Beautiful. Love it. (laughs) Now, I want to know what you've learned. I mean, we talked about connecting with authors and talking to other writers about process and connecting in that kind of way. Over the years, what have you learnt from authors? Not particularly to inform your own writing, but just about the process itself.
1: Oh, I think you're learning all the time. Um, I, I, I'm can't. I'm struggling to think of one thing. Hmm. Uh, I certainly have learnt from reading other authors an awful lot about um, process. Of of writing and and how to craft a book, and I think that's really important. Um, I think, well, you know what? I think I've learned everything from other (laughs) (laughs) authors when I think about it. You know, I started late, and so um, all the books I read before I started informed i knew a lot about writing even though i hadn't been writing mm-hmm. because i'd been a reader all that time and then you know talking um like for instance just as an example when allison and i were doing our session together and talking and um about uh kid lit and 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 sharing each other's um ideas you're just you forever uh, it's such a wonderful community of sharers you know it's not a competitive um, you know, community at all. I mean, so. there might be one or two that are a little bit competitive, but mostly we, even though we are competing for readers and sales and all those things, but we are. It's not like that. We are all a very vibrant com- uh, community that help each other all the time, and some of the help, you know, will be for when you are a little bit um, down when you're getting rejections or you've had a bad review or your publisher says something (laughs) that upsets you or whatever you know there's people there um, that are always there to help you now I have two um, best buddies in in writing I have lots of buddies in writing but way back must be nearly 20 years ago now um, at a children's book council conference in Perth I met um, Sally Murphy and Claire Saxby and we were at a similar sort of stage in our careers at that time, just sort of starting out. Had a few education books, trying to crack the crate, trade um, market. And we, and and over those years, I don't know, probably about eighteen years, maybe you know, getting close to twenty. Um, I know that they've got my back every, you know, every step of the way, and and I've got their back. And whenever we've had, you know, challenges, that's who we go to, and 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 we advise each other, we help each other, and it's just. Um, so so lovely to have those Mm. friends and then there's the wider community that that are there for you as well so I'm sure you found that too it's just everyone basically knows each other and everyone will you know like last year with COVID when all the books first came out and the bookshops were shut shutting that's when the book of chance came out and everyone just rallied and did whatever they could to support you and everyone who had books coming out at that time and that's that's lovely, which doesn't really answer your question, but
0: <laughs> oh no, but it's special, and I'm glad. I'm glad you went on that tangent because yeah. you know, being being part of the KidLit community and even you know wider in saying the the mm. book community, book it is community. just such an amazing yes. group of selfless people who you're absolutely who rally together to celebrate and support everybody's work. And yes. I've always been an enthusiast and love love
1: celebrating other people's stuff, and this is like this is where it is. You know, this is where it's happening all this the time. Is- you know. it's and i don't think anyone um it's not a gift like no one expects it it just happens yes you know it's everyone just it's just a really nice community to be in so all those people out there who are considering getting into um kid lit and some people who might have their first book coming out soon, Danny. Do I?
0: <laughs> you're very kind.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're already part of the community, but will be you'll be part of the community with it in another capacity. And you and you know, everyone will will be there to support you. And that's, you know, it's a real plus because you're not going to, or you might, but not many people get rich making writing children's books. You might be able to, you know, scratch a bit of a living. And um, so, if you're coming into the industry for that reason that's probably not a good reason but you will be supported and you will find a community that is vibrant and interesting and um and that will lift you up and support you and you'll do the same for them so Yep. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's just the best community to be part of. And it's hard to explain it to people who aren't sort of in that um, no. industry and you try and explain how enthusiastic and how supportive and how wonderful hmm. it is and they kind of just
1: look at you like, I don't think that is real. And you're like, but it no, is. No, it you're, is real. that's right. It's not how it's portrayed in the movies, you know. Mm, <laughs> publishing not. is that cutthroat business and, you know, at the publishing end sometimes it can be, but that the grassroots of the creators, yep. um, it is it is a different um, um, bit different mm. ball game and that's why we all do it i mean part of the reason that we we keep yeah. at it probably because there are those rewards yeah absolutely and but
0: it must attract a particular type of person it must do yeah. you know i think so i think it yeah. must
1: yeah i don't know i wonder what type of person that is <laughs> maybe we shouldn't psychoanalyze no, that no, i just
0: think it <laughs> could just, be interesting just generally <laughs> speaking you know the creative the the giver the enthusiast yeah. the rallier the and maybe leader. because
1: we're writing for children that has maybe. something to do with it maybe. um that that's the type of person that writes for children that that because it's not just um we're not just storytellers we're writing for a particular audience and for a particular reason and we don't write for children because it's easier and less words or yes. if we do we soon learn that that's not the way it is
0: the less um, words the more exposed they are i believe uh, yes <laughs> absolutely
1: everyone that's, has to
0: be perfect. that's my current experience
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> now sue you yes. write a whole bunch of different beautiful mm-hmm. books for all different types of audiences and ages but is there something that defines a Sue Whiting book at the heart of
1: it um oh look I wish I knew <laughs> I wish my I'm sure my publicist and publisher would like to know that too I think um you know I have written lots of different books I think when I um the Book of Chance and Missing, which are my sort of page-turning, suspense, mystery, crime kind of novels. I think that's my, um, my pocket. I love writing, and for that age group, that 10 to 14-year um, age group. Uh, however, I have, of course, in, next year I've got uh, three books coming out, and they're all very different, of course. But if I think about them all, I, I like to think that I write page-turners, no mm-hmm. matter what they are, that have a lot of heart. So I think they're the two things like character and emotion are really important to me and authenticity, even if it's a little bit um, strange like <laughs> the book that's coming out in March. Um, and yeah, that that page turning, keeping you know the readers um, guessing and heart. They mm. that's that's the important things. I I don't know if that's accurate to all the books but that's generally what I'm trying to achieve yeah Yeah.
0: no I love that that's a great answer I'm looking forward to three books next year that's amazing so I look forward to that we'll have to chat again Sue yes absolutely (laughs) well as always I love speaking to you I think we always have such a lovely time and a nice conversation and um it's just going to be short this time so we've got 20 minutes doing a little bit of a a round robin but that's been good too so I feel like I've had the vibrant experience of a writers
1: festival even if I'm stuck in my study so and it's nice to catch up it's lovely to catch up and um and your head will be spinning at the end of the day no doubt
0: <laughs> so I've got a big box of chocolate beside me I'm good oh
1: you'll be fine <laughs> thank you so much
0: soon stay safe Dave. all
1: right you too bye-bye Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.